Welcome to Soundcheck Flicks, another edition. Excited to be back at the Casbah, especially after all this rain. Graham, we've got some friends that have had uh, some flooding happen. Uh, K Street Studios, Matt Otley. Anyway, the flooding in San Diego, horrific. If you can help out any of these people, uh, just... I mean, it's it's terrible. Did you have anybody that you or any personal experience? Yeah, mine did. Oh, your place got flooded. <laughs> uh, my storage unit was yeah three. It got it, luckily I got lucky. It was only about three inches. Um, Where was I, this? Uh, it was in North Park. Okay. And uh, it got got about three inches into my unit, and I luckily I had most of my stuff in plastic tubs. Sure. But I did have a cardboard keeper of poster art concert poster art for the last 15 years and i had some of the, the scorpion floor. child it was sitting on the floor oh man and so it all got like three inches wet which just ruins the whole print yeah you know? and it's so, luckily that was all i lost though was some concert poster art i got lucky compared to what we saw a lot of people did you lose. see matt oddly's post of records underwater was, oh, it makes yeah. you cry when you see it this is aaron Aaron's here, from Scorpion <laughs> Child. This is sick. He is uh, originally from Ohio, St. Louis. So was it? St. Louis. And then you're an Austin guy. Your band's been around about 14 years. How, how long is 18. Scorpion Child? Congratulations. 18 now. And back in San Diego, you've only played here a couple times. Yes. Yeah. With this band, for sure, yeah. Yeah. And I'm 45 today. Birthday boy. You're 45 today? <laughs> today. Damn, you're good looking. You look oh, like man. a front man. You got style, tight pants. I was admiring him on the way in. Stoked you're here. Stoked about the band. Stoked our, you got to play with uh, Fatso Jetson uh, just last night in San Diego, right? Yeah, yeah. We just met those guys. We actually saw them today at a record store. So. Oh, yeah. What record well, store we were all, they at? We, all we were down at, uh, at Ocean Beach. I took them down there to get fish tacos, and uh, they were in Cow Records. Nice. And I found yeah. them there, and the Fatso Jetson guys were in there, too. Did you check if any of your records are there? Is that what a band oh, yeah. does? They would have been long gone from there by now. <laughs> in the in the cutouts. Uh, but you, <laughs> but you guys... I did see an Angel Hair record in there that had a Crimson Curse. The record was a Crimson Curse. The cover was Angel Hair, and the insert was the Locust. Nice. I have so a copy I had to tell the one. owner, Dude, you got to take this from thirty bucks to a dollar now. You know? <laughs> You're correcting him. That is. Uh... Uh, He's like, I'll, uh, himself. I'll do just that, you know. Like, did he promote his band to you? Was it he that did, guy? Yeah, Chimpos? Pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. playing it. Was he was he? playing it when we were in there. Yeah, he's a character. Is he he's, always playing this? Um, He likes to talk about Chimpos. Yeah, and, yeah, I can, and I he's can a, see He's that. a character. He's definitely a staple within our uh, music community and, and that record yeah, store in yeah, particular. Yeah. For sure. Some wild stuff. I mean, you'll have like the most wide range of used records there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a character. Like from one to another, it's like, what? So did you get, uh, you got some fish tacos? You've had some Mexican food in San Diego. What do you think compares uh, to the Mexican food in Austin, Texas? Well, I mean, Because we claim to have the best. It's, you know it's a burrito city. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as fish tacos, no, I can't compare tacos, tacos, or breakfast tacos. But as far as fish tacos, nothing in Austin compares. As far as burritos... Yeah, we can't fuck with that. It's definitely go. a superior. There you go. Uh, Good to quality know. Quality here in San Diego, as far as that's concerned. And how long have you guys been friends, Graham? You actually tour managed the band at yeah, one point. Yeah, about twelve years ago, I started tour managing them for a few years yeah. there, and we had a lot of fun. We got to go out on the road with Clutch and Rob Zombie and Amana Marth and Mastodon. And wow. Yeah, we were out there with some really rad bands. It was a lot of fun. I, that's where I, you know, when we were talking about uh, Spinal Tap last week and I was talking about my tour managing <laughs> nightmares. Yeah. These are the guys that I had those tour managing nightmares with. Like, But, you know, at the end of the day, when you, when you look back on it, it was just so much fun. It was exhausting. Times it was aggravating. And yet I missed the fuck out of it. I missed doing it. It was a lot of fun. I miss seeing new faces all over the country all like the time. Like five weeks of battling 110 <laughs> plus temperatures in a oh van. Oh my God. Mayhem that Festival doesn't have 2013. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you guys uh, been touring regularly or got back together? No. We, yeah. We recently uh, reassembled and kind of reshaped the sound, added in a little more of our, like we've always wanted to add a little more like the post-punk influence into the music sure you know so it's still like a rock and roll band but it's it's a little more like i don't know darker darker yeah yeah 
Oh, what That's are what the you influences? That's a fantastic for the, word for the new form of the band. I mean, it's rock and roll. It's it's got that uh, mm-hmm. it's got the leather feel and vibe to to what I like about rock and roll. Yeah, it's a yeah. little denim uh, flavored, you know. I, I don't it's know. Just black leather, yeah. yeah. Um, all leather. Yeah. All leather. That's <laughs> all a good leather. band too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm a I'm a denim demon demon myself. I'm a big fan of Turbo uh, Negro. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm part of the Turbo Yugen. Do you have a a fan club for your band, and they wear leather uh, denim know, outfits. No, no, I don't think so. It's okay. I don't think there's like a specific look. Of, there's no Turbo Hogan now. <laughs> we, we we never got to that level. Well, welcome to uh, San only Diego. Time will tell. Thank you. We're excited to have you here. When Graham said you were going to be on, I was like, "Damn right! We finally got a touring band." Yeah. The whole point of this show is to have a band on after their sound check in yeah. between performing. Now, you played last night. You're on the road. We really appreciate your time. More importantly, Tommy Lee Jones. Come on. Yeah. Come on. The three burials of Melquiades Estrada. Melquiades Estrada. Estrada. I know. I have to hear somebody else say it. Uh, 2005, they call it a neo-Western film directed and starring Tommy Lee Jones and written by Guillermo Arriaga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is very interesting. It's unique. It's... Uh, it. it it has, um, I mean, the border story that is being told there that we're all seeing uh, across the country. We live here in San Diego, uh-huh. which is a much different experience than you what's have the going wall. on. You have the wall, and, huh? And, yeah, but Some you guys have the, uh, you're doing something completely, your governor is doing something completely different <laughs> down there and putting uh, barbed wire in these different various barriers and stuff that's not necessarily federally approved. It's it's very interesting. I mean, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's the border very wall, interesting is the border wall, but also we're a, we're a blue state. It's just treated much differently here. And I was fascinated by this movie because Tommy Lee Jones, the character he plays is very sympathetic to these people. He speaks Spanish. He can communicate with them. Um, It's a phenomenal story. And I, it goes back and forth so weirdly that it, it's, kind of a little bit hard to follow or you're kind of figuring out what's going on and mm-hmm. what the story is. But uh, how did you pick this movie of all movies? I mean, I would It's not... one of my favorite movies, actually. Uh, it's a movie that's not really... I mean, you know, people... You know, a lot more people, I believe, saw No Country for Old Men. Sure. They, which is another fantastic... I found movie. a... a, a, a brains thing. They were comparing the movies. Yeah, um, yeah. I found I mean, something online about them, kind of where mainly, they come from. For me, it's more of a regional sure. comparison. Well, and this one came first, you know. Yeah. As yeah. groundbreaking as people think, No Country for Old Men was, this came first, and it yeah. is very much like that. It, it's shot in the same area, and you know, yeah, Hell, it, Hell or High Water would come along later, and that's also sure. in the same area. For sure, absolutely. Yeah. But they definitely have the same look. But you got to give this one credit; like it was kind of before those, like. So Tommy Lee Jones has a ranch. Well, he has a few ranches, but the ranch that he shoots a lot of his, or, you know, movies that he writes, like No Country, which he helped, you know, he was a pretty big piece in putting together that story with right. Ethan and, and Joel Cohen. Um, but it's his ranch in Van Horn, and it's beautiful. So it's like Big Ben region. Yeah. You know, borderlands kind of country. And I actually own 40 acres right I'm literally, I can walk into Big Bend wow. from my property. So I'm looking at a very similar right, landscape right. when I go out there. I and mean, he's got three 3,000 acres. <laughs> so he's able to shoot these like, you know, you know, big Western type films there. And I think it's almost like, I wouldn't quite so much call uh, Melchiatus a spaghetti Western because it's not like slapstick comedy, but it's a very like dark uh it's interesting in that it's a, uh, it's a Mexican, American, and French production. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. That, that element of it. And then yeah. kind of the back and forth, you know, you, you're trying to follow the story um, and pick up little nuances. There's so much stuff going on, and the photography is, is, is phenomenal. Yeah, the cinematography is um, great because it's honest. You know, it's yeah. really what, like, I, when I watch it, I feel like at home because this is what I see. This is what I look at. You yeah. know, when I, when I spend time out there, what do you, you know? do? What's on, you have horses, you have a ranch. I don't what? yet. No. no, right now all I have is a, like a huge carport 
and like a water catchment system. It's tough to find time to go out there, but I have a couple of foundations laid out and I'm going to build like an old Western town out there. Really? Over time with like repurposed wood and stuff and nice. maybe shoot. Are you a craftsman yourself there. or? I can, yeah, I can build that stuff. Yeah. Wow. That's um, exciting. How far is that from Austin? Then? Seven hours. Seven hours. Okay. Wow. It's a big state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and it's in the largest, and, and this is this is the region that he shoots these movies sure. in. So it's the largest county, I believe, in the states. Definitely the largest in Texas is Brewster County. And I don't know if you've ever seen that YouTuber guy, not to tangent too much, because we'll go back to the movie, of that guy Peter Santanello, you know, where he he goes out and like hangs out with people in other countries and other cultures okay. and, and, and infiltrates like gangs and, and, and shows what like gang life in South central LA is and stuff. Well, he goes and hangs out with the one sheriff of all of Brewster County, which is like the 70 year old dude. And they, they go down and he, the sheriff shows him how it really is down in that, in that part of the, you know, in that region you know, with like, because every day there's immig- there's migrant workers that come over and have families on both sides. Sure. So they don't have a, you know, Big Ben doesn't have a wall going through it. It's never going to. Right. Like it's a national park. Right. And that whole area is just so protected and remote that, you know, people cross all the time. And the sheriff's right. not going to do anything about sure. it. He's, you know what? He doesn't care. I mean, that's what it used to be. People used yeah. to cross the border to work here. So and, it's and still go home. that old world huh. crossing. Like it kind of, you know, this movie sort of depicts that, you know, transcontinental migration in a way. Sure. I mean, you know, and going both directions because, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do you want to describe the movie? What do you want to do? How, how do you want to explain this movie to somebody who's not seen this? Or do we want well, to? Okay. Oh, no, it's- we'll do it. So essentially, Tommy Lee Jones is Pete Parkins. He's a rancher near the border. He has land near Van Horn. And he has a he has a young man come up right up to his ranch, Milkyata Sestrada. And he's he's an immigrant. And he's looking for a job. And he's a cowboy, vaquero. And so as the movie plays out, it's kind of like Pulp Fiction where it jumps backwards and you kind of discover more about the backstory through flashbacks. And the movie's plot unveils itself that way. And uh, he has Milkyatis, works with him for like five years, raises his horses with him. And then uh, we see him killed. He's got some coyotes near his sheep and he's firing his rifle to get him to move away. And we just know that he's shot. We don't know how it happened. And as the movie plays out, we find out, well, there's these sh- shells that were found. And, it's Barry and, Pepper. Yeah, and it's Barry Pepper. It's a young yeah, border region. Love Barry Pepper. So there's a young border patrol He's agent. He's gonna jack off in the middle <laughs> of the desert, the penthouse, or whatever. Like, yeah, let's go ahead and just set it up. So, I'm sorry. I was like, what the hell, dude? Oh, Stay in that. the car. Yeah. I don't know. This, this random killing is perpetrated by Barry Pepper. He plays a, a young border patrol agent named Mike Norton. So he rides out to the middle of nowhere to spank one out. And he's he's got the this April. This so good. He's got the Sorry. April. No, this is this is my favorite detail because he's got the same magazine every time in all three scenes where he whips he the does, hustler he out. Does. It's the April two thousand four issue of Hustler with porn star Sunrise Adams on the cover. Are you serious? Yes. You found this? Oh, I, I, I looked this up. I found this, and uh, that's the one he keeps whipping out. So he's he's spanking it out in the middle of nowhere in the daytime, and all we of a sudden he get a copy. Yeah, <laughs> we should try to find a guy. Try to find it and frame it. And these two guy, uh, these two bullets crash nearby, and so he thinks somebody's shooting at him, and so he picks up his rifle and just lame brain just starts firing back, and he kills a gentleman, and it's it's our titular but, but, guy, Malquiada Sastrada. But let's just take a moment here. Can you imagine you go out there and you're like, man, this because because when I go out there, there's no one around. Sure. You and think? you go out there and you just whip it out and you're just beating it like mad. And all of a sudden you hear gunshots and you're like, shit, they see me. They're shooting at me. I'm exposed out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I'm a border patrol and agent. And I'm a border patrol agent. <laughs> so, God, I'm an asshole. I would have thought maybe it was just one of his buddies just fucking with him at yeah, that point. Stop <laughs> jerking off. Yeah, stop jerking off, Norton. <laughs> Oh, so man. he is he is a hothead. We see him in action before that moment. We yeah. see them roll up on some migrants 
And he's from Cincinnati. He's not a local Texas kid. He was an Ohio um, kid. Yes. Yeah. And Moves he comes there with his beautiful wife and lives in a January trailer park. Jones. Yep. Yeah. Early January Jones. She no has, relation to Tommy Lee Jones. She has not done Mad Men yet. She has not been Emma Frost in the X-Men movies yet. Yep. She is fairly new to Hollywood. It's very, I love seeing these like with Daryl mm-hmm. Hannah and Blade, Blade sure. Runner a few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah. I love seeing these, these women that went on to be names and these early roles. And she's, she's terrific. She's, she's really beautiful. Um, she plays his wife and yeah, he's a, he's kind of a piece of shit. Like let's not, let's not paint all border patrol agents as, as him. But like, he particularly plays, portrays yeah. a total sack. There are yeah. some good border patrol agents out there. Actually some people who do sure. care, but there are also some pieces of shit. We've ran into them. I mean, any of us yeah. that travel along the eight out here and you get stopped, you run into some peckerheads. It just happens. I mean, <laughs> and, and, the, and the eight's proximity is about the same as the proximity in that region too, to yeah. the border. So there's a lot of close, you know, you get to, you get to really understand how border patrol works when you live that close to. Yeah. It so, reminds me of Campo a little bit where my, my uh, brother-in-law used to live in the borders right there. This is yeah, just yeah, out yeah. east a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of them are just too aggressive. And so he plays one of those guys. Yeah. He's young. He's way too aggressive. He's punching women migrants. I mean, mm. he's just... What's and, he so pissed off about, oh, though, I know. man? And then he just, and he treats his wife like a receptacle. I mean, she's washing the I dishes. Mean, did, you, yeah. did you see how he like had sex with January? Like, yeah. you don't have sex with January Jones like that. Why, yeah. While they're watching a... a a, a rerun of sad show yeah, that, yeah like he just bends her over the sink while she's yeah. washing dishes and, he's like, and does his thing opera, and yeah. two pump chump just yeah. Yeah. Out. she's like please finish soon and <laughs> you're just like oh man i feel bad for her um but yeah he's not a good <laughs> border patrol agent. relationship he's yeah. not a good border patrol agent so when all the terrible shit starts happening to him as a subsequent you know because of what he does with the shooting uh I don't feel. I never feel sorry for him ever. Even no, you know, no, there's no. no point where I ever feel sorry for him. No, he gets. He gets. Uh, he gets everything he deserves everything he and deserves. then some. Like, That's the best part of the movie. Yeah, but so <laughs> basically, I feel sorry for him a little bit at yeah. the end with the last line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because well, yeah, he actually end. shows some remorse finally, finally in yeah. the last line of the film. I mean, but Tommy Lee Jones will teach it to you, man. If anybody's going to teach you, he brings him like guy. a wild horse. He does. Like, he does. And so basically, Tommy. Tommy loved, you know, uh, Melchiatis. He was a friend of his. And so he starts piecing it together. He goes to the local sheriff, played by the great Dwight Yoakam, yeah. and presents him with the shells and says, hey, we know who it is. Bullet it's cases. this guy on the border patrol. You need to take care of this. Well, the and, shells first, they didn't know. Later on, the girlfriend in the of diner. the diner yeah. owner, Bob, she overhears Rachel the fact that they know who Definitely. it was. Yeah, played yeah. by the great Melissa Leo. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. she's the Melissa Leo that we know. Like, Absolutely. She kind of burst onto the scene a few years later in The Fighter, that movie with Mark Wahlberg and the the boxing movie. She got an Academy Award nomination. But this is before that. So we're getting to see her, you know, a little earlier on. And she's, I think, honestly, outside of Tommy, she's my favorite performance in the whole movie. She's terrific. She's great. Well... LeVon Helms, man. Oh, man. It breaks oh. my friggin' heart. Oh, my God. We'll that get to we'll LeVon. <laughs> so. Man, he, he should have won an Academy <laughs> Award for that one. So, yeah. essentially, Tommy pieces it all together. He kidnaps Barry Pepper. He goes to his house. And he has made a promise to, to Melchiatis that if he were ever to die, that he would take him home and bury him in his, his home of Jimenez. And he drew Comobila. a map. Yeah. He drew a little map and showed the photograph of. of uh, his family. Avilia or what was his wife and three kids. And so he's going to return him to his, you know, Tommy Lee Jones thinks I'm going to return him to his family. We're going to bury him in his town and I'm going to make this son of a bitch who killed him do it with me. And so he kidnaps him. They go, they're riding horses across the border. (laughs) They're going down into Mexico. They're going to bury him. And, uh, they have, you know, they run into LeVon Helm pretty was that right before they go over the border or right after? I think it's right before they cross the Rio Grande. I think, yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. after um, Dwight Yoakam has decided not to shoot him. Yeah. They so find as him. they're cross, they're getting ready to cross the border. Dwight Yoakam, the local sheriff, gets a drop on him from he across. he got a call because he was going to get laid by exactly. the diner. Yeah. Girl, exactly. Yeah. So he gets a call from the waitress. Yeah, she kind of distracts him as he's getting ready to shoot yeah. Tommy Lee. Who's but just I think riding. that was also a conscious thing. He did not want to. He didn't want him. to do it. No. I mean, even though they're both sleeping with the same woman from the local <laughs> diner, and they both know it. But yeah. I mean, in a, in a one-horse town like that, it's going to yeah. happen. You know? And so he he that's kind of crazy, though, because he's in the first hour of the movie, Dwight is, and then he's gone. Yeah. He doesn't take the shot on Tommy Lee, lets him ride across the border, and then his car goes into the ditch. 
in the next scene or two, and then he he's so just this gone. This is where they cross. Oh, right on! You got a scene, Santa Elena uh, Canyon, photo right there. Yeah, Santa Elena Canyon. Yeah, it's really beautiful, and um, he just lets him go and exits the movie. We don't see Dwight Yoakam in the second no. half of the movie; he's just gone. And when they say, "Where did the sheriff go?" he says he just needed a vacation. He's he's done with this. Yeah. He didn't want to pursue him anymore. Like so, but the border patrol Cause, certainly because that some him. bitch is crazy. Some yeah, is crazy. He knows he's, a, well, he's like that. Some bitch is so crazy. And maybe his ass he might as well be riding north to Canada. <laughs> That's a good line. Faking so, us out. So they ride down into Chihuahuas, where they go across, and then they go over, cut across to Coahuila. Um, that's around that time is when we run into the great Levon Helm from the band. Yeah, on the he, way to find on the search for humanity. He's in an old house. He's blind man lives on his own. And they run across him looking water. Remember, he was just listening to Mexican radio. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I just like the way it sounds. Yeah, I don't understand a word. I just like the way it sounds. It's true. So, yeah. If you've ever listened to Mexican radio and it you don't know a, the words, it sounds like poetry or he says it something. It definitely like is that. fun to listen to. Yeah, I do. And so his son has died of cancer. He isn't coming back to save him. I mean, he isn't coming to bring him well, food first anymore. Says his son comes and sees me once a right. month. Once a month. And then later on, he says, well, he hasn't come and seen me in six months. And he admits that he told yeah, me he, he had a cancer diagnosis. And, he, he does, man. And that, then he what asks, a scene. Asks, He's like, yeah, can I ask you me. a favor? Yeah. Uh, so oh, I don't want to offend God. Do it myself. <laughs> and then you're waiting after, after Tommy Lee Jones me? says no. And then that scene's done, and the Border Patrol show up, and they're asking about him. You almost feel like in an instant he's going to do something to, to get them to shoot him. It just was so weird to me. I, like, I didn't know if he was going to ask them or he was going to do something. I thought he was going to ask them. I thought he was going to ask them to do it, too. Because he's blind, so he sensed... No. <laughs> well, he even says, are like, you guys not... cops? Yeah. Are yeah. you guys cops? And they're yeah. like, no, we're Border Patrol Border agents. Like... And he goes... No, I, I ain't seen nobody. I mean, yeah, as soon yeah. as he finds yeah. out they're cops, he's like, what a these guys. Yeah, yeah. I am sitting there at the end of that scene waiting for him to ask them to shoot him. Yeah, something. He hesitated. And he hesitated, and you almost think he's going to say right. it, and then he's just like, no, I don't need anything. No, sir, yeah. we're Border Patrol. <laughs> Is there yeah. anything you need, sir? He's like, No. Yeah, what he's, a scene, man. he's a really beautiful character, and he, help, wow. he helps cover up for them. He kind of aids them in their, you know, escape. And uh, so they ride on. They run across. Uh, well, Barry escapes shortly after that. He does. The Border Patrol agent escapes and gets. You're talking about when he was, uh, he fell off the horse. Fell off the horse running. and makes a run for it. And, and Tommy he Lee's so funny. One he horse. stalks him. Well, the one horse goes over the edge of the mountains. Yeah, horrific. Wow. Like, holy shit. If like, you've walked through those mountains, I, that did not oh, surprise yeah. me at all. I've driven through those mountains as you go down into Mexico and, and through like you know through that area and through Zacatecas and San Luis Potosi and all those I states. I didn't notice any disclaimer that said no animals were harmed. Man, it's this. very... Was that a, but that was I mean, a, it looked like a real horse real. over there. Those yeah. roads and ledges on those mountains yeah. are very thin and they crumble away. Yeah. And that was very real what happened with that horse tumbling over the side. but And luckily didn't take... The whole, they're all attached, the whole run of them yeah, all down the hill. But they, uh, you know, Barry, Barry Pepper. cut that line. <laughs> he escapes. Yeah. Didn't and, he cut the line? I think he did, he yeah. Might, yeah. Tommy Lee reaches back and cuts the line. But Barry Pepper dives off the horse, runs away, and escapes. And uh, he doesn't really escape because Tommy Lee's just casually following him. He knows he's not going to get away. He's just stalking him. And yeah, that was just a classic Western scene. And then he gets bit by a rattlesnake. Yeah. And some migrants find him. And they're like, uh, he got bite by a snake. Yeah. And then Tommy Lee rides up and uh, tells him he needs this guy. And they offer to help him out. And they'll take him to a local healer who can help him out. The gringo? Yeah. (laughs) And they get him to the healer. And sure enough, the woman who is the nurse at the healer is the woman he punched in the face earlier in the movie. Who's now been sent back. Right. Yep. And she's been Which sent back. Which is such a great scene. And yeah. she's still got a bandage on her nose. Yeah. And she walks up and, and looks she... at his black foot. They just she was like, all up. right. She pours hot coffee on it and smacks and breaks his nose with the, with the coffee pot. Yep. So good. She gets her vengeance. Oh, it's great. Oh, man. It's classic. And then she just walks over there with a knife and just slices his oh. foot open and all oh. the pus and everything starts pouring out and he's screaming and uh it's great Man, he just keeps getting it yeah yeah but he deserves it he deserves I mean, every he bit was, of he it he's a total slap he's dick, so man. terrible and uh so they eventually ride on and they, they eventually come to this little town that's near where they're looking for 
El Toston. And they come yeah, into Toston. this little uh, market and they start talking to these two girls and a guy. And and there's that guy with the toothpick that's in all the Tarantino movies. Like he's in. Uh, oh, yeah. He's Same always dude. the bar guy, with you know, just <laughs> sitting around in the back of those movies. They're just sitting there and uh, he describes who she is and he says the name. He's like Melchiada Sestrada. They don't know who it is. Right. Like, and uh, what was her name? Avelia something. It was her something like Avelia. that. Yeah. So. Then so he shows the photo to the man, and he's like, "Oh no, I know her. I don't know that guy, but I know her. That's Rosa. She lives around the corner. Rosa, that's Rosa. Yeah. So Tommy Lee goes around the corner and meets this woman. It turns out Melchiadas was not married to this woman. He did not have three kids with her. He just she, showed uh, a random photograph that he found. That he was Well, he's in the back of the photo. Yeah. He's in the photo, but he's just standing in the background. He's not up in the foreground of the photo with the woman and the children. It was real right. creepy, man. So he... When that comes to light. Yeah, so the photo fools Tommy Lee yeah. all this time, because Tommy Lee thinks it's a photo of him and his family, when really it's a photo of these random women. Maybe he was in love with her. Maybe he knew her. Yeah, yeah. And was in love with her, but or maybe he was having an affair with her. We don't ever get that address. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know. We don't, we don't know that information. But she says, "Please, I'm married. Don't ruin my relationship. Don't say these things around it." And she runs in the house. Which is, yeah, I couldn't understand if there was a real relationship well, we or just she know. just doesn't want to have to explain. Like, what are you talking about? You yeah. Know? Well, she just doesn't want her macho husband to go ape shit when. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Were those the kids or not the yeah, kids? Yeah. So. And that's, you know, that's the real heartbreaking moment of this because Tommy Lee Jones has been this great friend and he's doing this thing for and this person like, that he loves. And all of a sudden he's like, yeah. shit, this isn't true. Is there even a Jimenez at this point? This little right. town where I'm trying to take this guy to bury him. Does this even exist? But Tommy Lee Jones in general, even in real life, is probably such a crazy motherfucker that he's got too much pride to go back. <laughs> he has to stick with the story. <laughs> He always seems like his characters are, are parts of him. You know? Well, he's sure. like, we just got to keep going. Yeah. We're also very weekend at Bernie's here. We got to talk yeah. about this, the the stuff with the corpse. Yeah. Because there are some really funny weekend at Bernie shit going Absolutely. on here. Absolutely. There yes. are moments where Tommy talks to the corpse. He uh, brushes his, the he, hair. So the first one is when they're in a cave and ants start crawling on the body. So he pours Takes alcohol on it and sets it on fire yes. to get the ants off of it. He's got like a stick and he's <laughs> killing all the ants. And Meanwhile, Barry Pepper's gagging on the smell. And then the second time is when they're at LaVon Helm's house and he smells so bad. LaVon lets him use antifreeze. And he's got the antifreeze. Embalming him with antifreeze. A side note, have you seen The Homesman? No. It's the like one of the newer Tommy That's Lee That's the newer director Tommy Lee one, yeah. Yeah, he, he it looks almost like exactly the same little kind of cave uh-huh. that he's staying in. And there's a fire. And it's almost like the same scene in The Homesman. Uh-huh. And it weirdly almost kind of ties to... To that scene earlier, yeah. Anyways, it's see the homesman, and you'll kind of understand what I'm saying. But and then the third <laughs> scene would be uh, when he's drunk and he calls Rachel Melissa Leo, and he starts talking to her on the phone, and he wants her to come to Mexico and stay with him and leave her husband. He's and, like, come down. Yeah, stay with me. he drunk Marry calls her me. from a Mexican phone, yeah. which is not the easiest thing to do. I want to hang out in that bar. That rad yeah. bar. Remember that oh piano? That old auto-tune piano? She's playing Chopin. Yep. That ding, scene ding, with that, ding, that, ding, that yeah. was unreal, surreal, magical. I just, there was something about like You that. just out wanted of, to be there. It was out of tune. Yeah. And just the plinking the of Christmas it all. The Christmas lights and the lights in the bar. Yeah. And just, what, in the middle of nowhere yeah. bar. It, that, it's Terlingua. Yeah. Like, you look out in Terlingua. You hang out on a patio at a bar in Terlingua. It's just like that. You're he seeing plays it. That it song. was like a ghost town. There were some graves in the back, or like some old, like you know, great grave, you know, wooden grave staves in the yeah. ground in the background, and like just arid, dry yeah. desert. And he walks out of the bar drunk, past all that, and he goes to the place where they're keeping the body at. Drinking and he, mezcal. He sets him up, yep. and he opens the top so his head can come out. Yeah, and then Delicately. he starts talking to him yeah. like a friend because he's drunk, and it's he takes just a whatever. Rake. That's a he pulls his hair he, pulls a, <laughs> he pulls a small rake off the wall of the yeah. shed. Yeah, <laughs> and starts combing the corpse's hair with it. 
<laughs> of course, the hair comes out in clumps. In clumps, <laughs> and that's when he has his like, oh no, what am I doing? I mean, the antifreeze. <laughs> we didn't even cover the antifreeze. Oh, no, I, I, yeah, they embalmed. I mentioned yeah. it a second ago. He was he made Barry Pepper suck it out and then stuffed it in him. Oh my god! And dude, remember the scene when Barry Pepper's just like, after he got hit by the girl, he goes out and he helps them. They're like making corn or something yeah. out there, peeling, peeling corn yep. stalks, and he's just like. Just looking around, like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Well, that's where he's he's crumbling. Then, How you am know? I here? His like, redemption. That's the, the earliest. At the end, yeah. you see. You know, yeah, that's yeah. the earliest parts of his redemption. That's that for turning sure. point where yeah. he's I really. Mean, his last line is, "You gonna be okay?" Yeah. Right? I mean, he wants to hey. know if Pete's gonna be okay. Pete, you'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. be all right. Yeah. Pete's gone. He's riding off yeah. on a horse. Yeah. So essentially after that bar, he has the map that uh, Melchiatus had drawn for him. And that's all he has now. There's yeah. no Jimenez. He basically has to like wander the hills a little bit in that he area. Knows, he has Remember? no wife and kids. The only redemption is this, right? Finding. Yeah. Th- is this place real? Yes. You don't believe it's real, right? Nobody were... seems to ever heard of it. Nobody knows about yeah, it. Yeah, none of the locals know He's about it. He's still going to go find it. When they were riding further and further into Cohila. Remember when they encountered the... The Mexicans that were watching TV. They were watching the same soap opera when he did the one pump dump on his wife earlier. In the Uh same scene, almost. Oh, my God. Well, so they're out in the middle of nowhere, and it's a few, you know, Mexican nationals, you know, just citizens, and they're just out in the middle of nowhere, and they've got a TV hooked up to a car battery on a dead truck up on four blocks. That was the part that was making me laugh. The truck didn't even work. And there's no electricity out there to power that TV. And so the second time I'm watching it uh, last night, I'm looking at it closely and I'm like, they got the TV hooked up to the battery on the truck. That's pretty great. And they're just watching English television, which is kind of funny because Levon Helms sat there listening to Spanish and radio. Those guys didn't speak English. No, right? they didn't speak English. Yeah. And that kind of shows you the border life. Like it yeah. really highlights that, that. And that was the first time you see him laugh. Yeah. And then it was such sides, an ironic well, laugh. Both sides of the border consume each other's, you know, products. Sure. That really goes on. You know, we know that here more than anything. Yeah. We and had they, Robert talk about it on the Christmas episode. And they all came together with a bottle with that little bottle of booze, man. Yeah. Just for the for but that those guys brief coyotes? time. To we me, they're, they're yeah. just, we that, just one don't guy, that one guy that saves like Barry Pepper been. is a coyote that wants money to bring him back. Yeah, but that's not the same guy that's those four guys. Yeah, but those I'm assuming those guys. guys are coyotes. To me, they're not just... I mean, you know, I don't know what they're doing out there yeah, in the middle of nowhere. That either. is a bit suspect. Yeah, but that's I, remember, all. <laughs> I just remember, you know, once he got him back on the horse again, and they're riding further out in the Cohila looking for Jimenez... Barry Pepper's behind him. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. He's like, hey, he's like, uh, he's like, um, <clears throat> hey, Pete, man, there's no Jimenez. <laughs> and Pete's like, just keeps riding and riding. He's like, there's no fucking Jimenez, man. <laughs> <laughs> And Pete's just, well, he's basically us he's at like, that point. He's like, you're a crazy viewer, son of a bitch, man. You know, and, he's, and Tommy Lee's been <laughs> served this plate of, you know, lies or whatever. And he's just like, no, I'm going to continue this. This is my friend. I'm going to find this place. And he finds they it. Did. And he's he like, see, it. you know, that's the church. Yep. He finds it. But it's it. ruins. Like, when, did, when ruins. did this man actually live there? Well, he said he hadn't been home in over five years. So <laughs> I would expect it would have fell into disrepair and for I a while. Five years? Well, was he well, the only one that lived there? Was it a town? I, mean, yeah, I think he lived by himself. More like a hundred years. He was probably Lee, out there. He, he starts pointing and says, "That's where the store was." Doesn't he yeah. say that at some point? That's where the well, store because, was. Well, so was it a town or just it, a... no? It was not a town. It okay. was basically his homestead. And the, and, okay. and the uh, the whole man, the acting at the very end, last scene is like award winning because Pete's. So out of his mind at this point. Yeah. With with with, that, with just processing all the information that he had, that was that he was lied to by his friend essentially who, yeah. who he made the promise on, and Barry Pepper at this point is just going along with it like, <laughs> yeah, Pete. <laughs> you know, good job, Pete. You found it. You well, finally he found and it. They, and they, they rebuild his house a little bit. He's like, and, let's do it. Yeah. They, they bury him. <laughs> well, he hangs up the, I the think third he, time. It's, yes. I almost feel like I almost feel like uh, Bear or Mike Norton. We should say that Barry Pepper was almost like, almost like consoling Tommy Lee Jones at that point. He's like, 
you got it, bud. He's like, this is it. This is Jimenez. Yeah. Well, this that was he also part, it, that was also part of his redemption angle. I wanted yeah. to see him then. I wanted to see the story develop a little further, where he went back to, uh, back to find his wife or something. I want to see him get that. You know, like the Barry Pepper character. Yeah. Oh, but screw it, him. But but I think it ended perfectly because <laughs> yeah because he puts the fucking photo on the tree and yep. he's like, get on your fucking knees. And then he with the gun and he's like shoots seven or eight nine shots shots just to scare the fuck out of him. And starts crying, dude. I mean, both those guys just showed the true depth of of the pain of acting. Like, so you can assume maybe that that the character would have redemption and love his wife and go back and find. I mean, you just feel like this movie really put them through a lot. You know, yeah, it's convincing. Even if it didn't, and they just cracked beers in between, (laughs) you know, laughed about old times. But man, these guys—it was convincing. Because I mean, think about it. You're just like at this point in the journey, you are just rode hard and put away wet, man. I mean, he takes Barry Pepper's boots. That kid is running. I mean, that he was brutalized so badly. Look at those boots too. And then he finally gets the boots back. That think of that moment, that redemption. When he makes him wear uh, Melchiades' clothes, Uh, like he makes him put his clothes on for the journey. Like uh, I like that too. Like he's like, no, you're gonna bury the grave. You're gonna wear his clothes. You're like he just. Oh, it's just such a precise vengeance. I kind of like it. Beautiful (laughs) scenery. Beautiful part of the country. Several scenes stand out for me when Barry Pepper's running from the dunes after the horse gets stuck and he's trying to escape. And it's all the white sand dunes. And then little by little, he's running into the uh, the yellow flowers. And all of a sudden, it just completely gets taken over by the yellow flowers. It's such a pretty transition of him running through that. And then Tommy Lee Jones comes like Clint Eastwood style <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a horse, like a silhouette in yeah. the sun. Just beautiful cinematography all around. You had Dwight Yoakam just, like, when he drove into the ditch, he's like, shit! (laughs) His character, the whole movie, just killed it. Tommy's amazing. He's still alive, right? Yeah, he is. Oh, for sure. How old is Tommy Lee Jones? He's 80. He's pretty old. He, you know, he was, uh, he played ball for Harvard back in the 60s, and he was Al Gore's roommate, and, like, he's kind of this fascinating guy, like, uh... Then went into acting in New I know York where in the he 70s. Lives, and, yeah. in San Antonio. He was a Texas boy. He was always a Texas boy. Just really smart mm-hmm. Texas boy. 77 years old. September 15th, 1946. Man, love him, hate him. Whatever, man. He, he He's brilliant. He's terrific. So he was always this character actor in the 80s, and we would always kind of see him here and there. Mm-hmm. I think it was... Uh, Did you see Rolling Thunder? Was that one of his 80s ones? 70s. Oh, so even well, 70s, watch yeah. Watch Rolling Thunder. Yeah, yeah, one of his early ones. So really, it started more around the late 80s, uh, Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. Which yeah. I just started there when he really started getting noticed. And I'm then, re-watching all that and stuff And then like, right JFK now. came out, and uh, Under Siege, he was the bad guy to Steven Seagal, and he stole the whole movie oh, from yeah, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... 1992, that's a good and then, one. And, like then, it, and then it's The Fugitive. That's the one that put him over and made him a household name, was The Fugitive. Absolutely. I still love Volcano. I love disaster movies and a <laughs> volcano at the La Brea Tar Pits what was with the Anne one? Hesch, by the Anne way. Anne Hesch, yes, of course. And Natural Born Killers. He was in Love Story? Yeah, that was his first movie. 1970s yeah. Love Story. What was the one that he did with Benicio Del Toro, or The Hunt? Was it called The Hunt? Hunter. I don't know. Did you ever see that one? Uh-uh. I don't know. Coal oh. Miner's Daughter, The Missing. Oh, he was the main character in Small Soldiers. I love that movie, the Small Soldiers. He was the voice. Yeah, the voice. <laughs> natural Born Killers, and he was he was two he was Two Face and Batman Forever. Yep, he yep. he just went on that run. I mean, yeah, once he was movie. a star, hunted, he just went hunted. on that run. And yeah, watch The Hunted. Okay. If you, if you like The Fugitive and then uh, U.S. Marshals, yeah, The Hunted is almost like the continuation of that. Where he's, he's chasing he's he chasing Benicio del Toro through like yeah. the Seattle. Or through the, you know, forests of Olympia yeah. National Park. It's crazy. Have you ever seen 1990s Firebirds? No. Helicopter movie. It's a helicopter one. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it I mean, sucks. there's still a lot of his movies I haven't seen. Yeah. So this one wins the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. Wins best actor for Tommy awards. Lee Jones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wins best screenplay for Guillermo Arriaga. 
And he's the guy that is uh, Alejandro Inaratu's guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the guy yeah. that did the Revenant, the Revenant and the yeah. Bird- Birdman and Amaro Perros and all that kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. this is the guy. This is his writer. And yeah. so he writes this, and that's why yeah. it's such a well-written movie. It's incredible, man, and no one talks about it. Yeah, that's just kind of the background. I mean, stuff. thank you for bringing it yeah. to my attention. This is why because... we want to do this because we yeah, want yeah. to be exposed to movies that maybe yeah. we haven't even seen. And even though I've seen a lot, I had not seen this film, and I'm I mean, so you happy you brought it, it to us. It's your favorite. I'm like, Whoa. I mean, it's it's one of my top favorite movies. I mean, I love westerns. I mean, obviously, I don't. It's it's not why I live in Texas, but I man, there's just something about that. The vibe of that, the story of that, is like a classic tale. It's yeah. not like a romantic tale per se. Wasn't but he it's in like another a, film that? Tells the story of him returning a body or a I was in Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. Okay. Yeah. From Canada to Texas. Man, and, and him mm. and Robert Duvall's character. And that, dude, Robert Duvall's character is fucking amazing in Lonesome Dove. Yeah, he's Robert Duvall. <laughs> he, he I like just, the smell he, of napalm in the morning. Uh, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Uh, <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, don't surf. Yeah, and bring me back guys. my board. Man. <laughs> His voice was so fried in that apocalypse now. <laughs> I think we should talk about the ladies. Um, I feel like they're not in the foreground in this movie, but I think mm-hmm. they're really complicated characters, uh, especially the Rachel character, the local diner waitress. Mm-hmm. She is married to Bob, the guy who owns the place, but she's in a 12-year loveless relationship. She's sleeping with Dwight Yoakam, the local sheriff, as well as Tommy Lee Jones, and frankly, probably some others. I mean, it's you a small town. You remember when she was like, Bob? She looks at January. She's like, Bob. He's like, yeah. He's like flipping a burger. How long have we been married? And he's like, oh, uh, I don't know. What's today? And she's just looking at January like, because they're talking about relationships. Yeah. Well, she's also giving her a forewarning. She's actually like kind of showing January, this is, I'm, you're going to be me. Yeah. If you stay here in this town with that guy. You're going to be me, Absolutely. and this is going to be you, and you're going to be cheating with a bunch of other men. And remember, it's, she it, took her on that. She took her on a run and cheated with her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, where they got the hotel room. I'm surprised room. how quickly that girl turned into a whore. Well, January was sitting with Melchiatis, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. She's sitting in the in the, it's all in the diner earlier by herself watching that girl go into the truck yeah. in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get more of that story, but yeah, there is another person there. Some, What's some, going on? There? Some lizard action, you know, going on. Some lot lizard action. Lizard. Yeah. Well, that's a that But when they go to that motel and, and he's sitting there so awkwardly, you feel yeah. for him. Because she's yeah. like, do you like music? He's like, huh? And that's all Musica, they want, you know. And then they turn on the TV, and there's like porn. Yeah, <laughs> multiple channels of porn. He's all uncomfortable. <laughs> he just wanted like, to dance. Yeah, yeah. Well, and honestly, she did too. Yeah. yeah. She was in a loveless relationship. She's yeah. with a terrible man, Barry Pepper's character, and he just treats her like a receptacle, and she wants to be loved. And so, I, you know, if maybe if she is hooking it a little bit there, I don't care. I like when like, she says <laughs> that we were. We were very popular back in high school. Yeah. She's <laughs> almost admitting the, that we've, yeah. we've run aground now. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, those those two scenes are really cool, too, in the diner with Melissa Leo and January Jones, because there's the scene where they, you know, where she kind of lets her know, like, okay, we're, you can hang out with me and yada, yada. And that's where you hear Dwight Yoakam, Fair to Midland, playing in the background. Oh, dude. And then later on, when she's telling uh, Melissa Leo that I'm going to leave town, and uh, you could hear uh, "You Can't Roller Skate in a Buffalo Herd." Uh, Roger Miller's playing yeah. in the background. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They always have these they interesting songs. They have some great songs. songs. Freddie Fender. That's uh, what I was about yeah. to say. I'll Flocko Jimenez. Flocko's all over it. Now you can hear that great accordion. But that's my favorite one. Is when the girls go to cheat with Michelatis and yeah. uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Perfect. And they're rolling in the blazing. truck, and you've got Freddie Fender's. <laughs> well. Yeah, the last teardrop falls. But um, yeah. there's also when they're on their way to cheat, you hear Hank Williams Jr.'s you "The Cheating Hotel." <laughs> yeah. So like the music is used smartly yeah. here. There's not yeah. a ton of it, but it's used in just the right places. You'll hear "Working Man Blues" from Merle Haggard in there. Like yeah, there's 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 some cool stuff in there. Fantastic. Roger man. Miller, "Drag Me," or "Dang Me," "Dang Me" is it? The "Dang Me" uh, fighter broken "Hang Me" and all that. Yeah, it's just that. It's not a ton of music, but it's very distinctly rural Texas. The message is very obvious where they're using the songs. (laughs) It sets the tone, and it is West Texas in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. 
But those ladies are just terrific. I think they're great. They're in this excellent, movie. And, and they all just killed it. Yeah, then she climbs on the bus and leaves. Uh, January Jones does. That's right. She goes back home. She heads back home, and good for her. She's beautiful. Go start a new life with a guy who actually cares about you. I mean, like. dude, that that home that they rented was a total piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a double wide or double like a wide. What else do you do down there? My God, good Lord. Dude. Yeah, they couldn't even afford the $60,000 one. They had to go for a cheaper one. The it best was... is like when he tapes her to the chair. Yeah. And he turns on the TV and he's... You know, going to get cold. Click, clicking the remote. Yeah, it's going to get... Covers her up with a blanket and everything. What a gentleman. Well, the thing that threw me about that, too, is they turned up the TV really loud when he, you know, when he kidnaps Barry and ties her up. And... uh the weather report on TV is Cincinnati, where she's from. Yeah, yeah, because they're watching the local. Yeah, I was just—I thought that's kind of weird. So like they, the local station. They clearly are not listening to the local weather. They're listening to the weather back in Cincinnati. She wanted like, to be back. She, yeah, she was already checking out on Texas. She was done with it. She was checking out on him. I mean, dude, look at how he took her in the kitchen, man. Yeah. Like, you could see it on her face it's, right there that fried. she was not enjoying. There were moments yeah. that did, he wasn't enjoying. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, his eyes rolled in the back of his head. Yeah. But it's like a man's need to get <laughs> it off. Was weird. <laughs> I, mean, I thought he was going to get possessed or yeah. something there for a second. Wasn't like, it weird? Like, is this guy stroking I out or what? I couldn't figure out what's going on. But so yeah. do, does Pete have mental illness a little bit? Oh, big Let's time. address that. Because, yeah. I mean... It's not that he kidnaps Barry Pepper and takes him across the border to bury his friend that I think is mentally ill. That kind he, of adds up in a weird way. Well, he gets uh, he makes him dig him up and bury him three yeah, times. Yeah, it's that kind of stuff. It's when he's talking to the body and he's setting the body on fire, then immediately putting it out. And, and they set up, you know, where they, you know, where there's a stop screen and there's the word scrolling the first burial of Milky yes. the second burial yeah. the third they're in the pastel colors yeah and, and, yeah and you see like as the movie progresses it's it's and he's <laughs> you know like we mentioned before he combs his hair as yeah. he's talking to him and I'm just like that's the moment well, I think it was when he combed the hair was when I started asking myself is Pete Perkins mentally ill because he's pretty drunk at that scene though he is drunk at that scene <laughs> But I'm like, but almost like could be borderline. I mean, <laughs> you don't get to see it so much in the beginning, but perhaps it's kind of a mystery. The death of Melchiodas affected him in such a way that spurred this sure. spiral. Yeah, you know, like if you lose, like we were talking about earlier, you know, with you know, obviously you lose a friend. Some and of the people here. Yeah, we've lost some people here in the last year and a half. Gabe and it's it's and, been a rough time. Yeah, obviously. Their yeah, bond was, was special and, yeah. and unique, you know? I, I mean, mean, we we heard the shots in Austin when that happened. We we felt for the scene here. And, could have been a little uh, Brokeback Mountain stuff. We don't know going on there. It can affect people in, in these ways where you don't, you know, you just don't know. You just don't know how, like, a breakup or a divorce or, you know, someone in your family dies of cancer or, you know, gets murdered or someone close to you can affect you in the weirdest ways. And I feel like as this movie goes on, obviously the terrain that they're crossing and the level of starvation and the level of, who knows, you know, thirst, is that's all going to play into making you crazier and crazier and crazier. And see, reality just starts to slip away. And side note here is like, I know when I go to, I've been down to the land a few times in the summer, and it doesn't take long before that heat out there in the high desert, 117 yeah. degree heat starts playing with your mind. Where you start thinking, man, delirious. like, like you got what? me back on the not mentally ill side. I don't think he's mentally ill now. <laughs> you convinced me. Like, what is reality? Because they're traveling in conditions of like probably 100 plus degree weather, you know, out yeah. in the, exposed in the elements. I mean, you know, parched. push push themselves beyond the limits of human nature. I mean, look at look at what these immigrants do trying to get here. On a daily basis, and those people that have been coming—they just, just want from, they, you know, hundreds when they cross of miles. Your land, they just want thousands water, of you know? miles. Yeah, like I keep that tank stays full because it gets enough. It's a thousand gallons. It it keeps enough water consistently from the minimal rains that we get out there. But I know there's migrants that go. Yeah. I, I see evidence of them taking my, you know, sure. pulling from my water. And you know what, man, that's fine. Yeah, because I can't even imagine that journey. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you're going to do that journey, man, then 
I, I you kind of deserve to be a part of the Absolutely. country, man. <laughs> Growing up in Kansas, the 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 slaughterhouse yeah. is there. You know who works in them? Immigrants. Sure. Because the white yeah. people won't go slaughter cows and yeah. do all the meat and all that. I mean, that leads they you back do into it. the. And my best friend, his dad, Abelardo Rodriguez, I loved him like a father. You know, my Caucasian father had no yeah. interest in raising his two sons. He took off to go whore around. But I sat there my whole childhood and watched my Mexican friend and his wonderful mother and father. And I, there was never any negativity. They were wonderful. They smiled the whole time. They worked their way up from a small little it's a beautiful shack culture. to a big yeah. house by the time we got yeah. to high school. Like they were the hardest working, nicest people I knew. And he was. He and became, those people would go back and forth, though. And they That's take the their money back and forth. And he he was like a father to me. And so when I hear people badmouth people who come across the border, I'm like, a these are people who just want a better life, no different than your ancestors. And b these these are some of the best people we have. Stop it with the murderers and rapists bullshit. Sure. These are great people. A lot of times they're just hard workers yeah, and they want a better I, life. There's nothing wrong with that. I never even associated it with. But you hear a lot of that from Fox yeah. News and that garbage, the way they paint it. And it's not right. These are human beings. It's horrible. They should be treated yeah. right. I mean, they shouldn't be treated like cattle. I mean, they live to near starvation in their conditions and, and yeah. in their own country. And we're lucky enough to have wonderful people like the Border Angels who go over there and give food yeah. and water to those people. And I've donated to them multiple times. And I think everyone should. If you if, if you know about the Border Angels or don't, look into it. It's a wonderful But the story's gotten a lot different in the last decade sure. where it's not yeah. just a few hundred people. I mean, there's people making a pilgrimage from multiple countries, yeah, countries down, through there sure. coming here. Our politicians and, need to put the bullshit yeah. aside and come together. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't be so hard and unrigid that we can't come with a common sense solution. I mean, it shouldn't be an open door policy, but people that are persecuted or need asylum are, are going to be, you know, murdered or all these things, you know, and they can provide and, and elevate us and help us. You know, it's all well, let's be honest. If they were white, they would be in. Let's let's. Yeah, I'm fascinated, and it's, there's, they're not all Hispanic people that are coming up. There's there's right. people from all over the world that are making this pilgrimage, trying to get yeah, like Arab America. countries and, and, you know, and Chinese and Chinese. Japanese. I mean, I, well, it's interesting. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. I'm fascinated into what it's going to do. Say, for example, in TJ, uh, mm. because some of these people aren't going to be able to right. maybe possibly come here. So, do they assimilate into? into tj does this to. become a much more of a melting pot in tijuana where even tijuana's maybe not hispanic mexicans it could be overtake it's interesting right. i mean i've always thought right isn't america in a melting pot we're all from different yeah. places right so what makes that person yeah. any different i mean timing just timing and, timing. and a little bit time. of melanin you yeah. know like, i mean where there's a will there's a way man we're all gonna we're all gonna melt together eventually anyways you know? we're gonna find right. a way to i mean might as well find a way to get along in the process. Give us enough time, and we'll all give be, us give us food. Yeah. Give each other food and water, man. Yeah, don't drown people thing. in the Rio Grande. That's awful. Yeah, yeah. So I I feel like that movie was a great portrayal of like helping your fellow man, even. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, I mean, we all want <clears throat> what's best. We all deserve opportunity, and and maybe some people that have that privilege and have you know all mm -hmm. the means can help. The rest of us someday. I don't know. You got to look out yeah. for your fellow man, you know? For sure. And this is a great movie. And, and the women that produce us, and, and, <laughs> and especially yep. them. I mean, a little more protection in, the, in that department would be great, yeah. So you're going to run through yeah. this tour. You're going to head over to Vegas. You're going to play the, uh, what is it over there? The Rock Revolution or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's called the Planet Desert Rock. Planet Desert think, Rock? Yeah. Okay, that's what it was called. You guys are playing that after you head so, out of here and making yeah. your way back to Austin from there? Then going to playing Tempe and then playing Bisbee. Oh, all right. Arizona, there's a cool club there called The Quarry. Yeah. I'm actually kind of most excited to play there. Yeah, they got kind of an artist community there. And it's kind of like right, right on the border, pretty much. Right on the Arizona-Mexican cool. border, so... I think you guys. I love that part of the world. You, know? you guys have recorded some stuff. You got an album probably coming out in the next year or so. Or? Yeah, we just uh, we're having a song mixed right now to do a video. The song's called Outliers, and we're gonna do six song albums for the next few records, which isn't quite an EP and isn't quite a full length album, but I feel like it's a uh, 
it's a modern play, an MP. You know, because people's attention spans are shit. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we were just talking about uh, Gen Zers and work ethic and, and <laughs> lack thereof. And, and so this kind of caters to, you know, more of a balance of the modern listen. You know, you can listen to an album of six songs and be like, man, three songs aside, I want to yeah. hear that again. That was badass, right? But it's really hard to get, you know, to, to shit out 13, 15 songs like you used to <laughs> have to fill up a CD with. Yeah, are you focused on an album or singles these days? Like, what's Yeah, important? I don't like singles, but, you know, I guess that's what people, you know, they, we want. I think the most important thing is to have, like, a visual component to your single that you do. So you sure. got to do, so I wouldn't mind, I mean, if we had the budget for it, we'd do a video, which, I mean, we can do them on iPhones now. I have one of those gimbals, you know, the yeah. steady cams. So we're actually going to shoot the video from Outliers on the way back nice in various places between california nice uh arizona you know we're just gonna find cool shit sand dunes and mountains on the side of the road and film whatever you see yeah you know film parts of the storyline for the video for that and You're uh, taking your friend back to mexico to bury him is that the story that's, of the video? That's exactly, man. I was, and that's what brings us back to the movie. Yeah. You're playing with the, you're playing with a local band out in Las Vegas, Nevada this weekend, Mazoa. Yeah. You're not familiar with Mazoa? No, right. I don't know so that. So how to Mazoa. So that is the Planet Desert Rock weekend, night one, Thursday, January 25th. Counts Bamped. Yeah, never been I don't been get there. out to Vegas that much myself, personally. You're the Vegas guy. You been to this club? I've not yet. Fatso Jetson, Scorpion Child, Sandvice, and Mazoa. Very it's nice. It's three nights, so that's like night one. Oh, yeah, night one. When are you going to get back to San Diego or the West Coast? Is there a big plan for that? We could probably help you out with the Casbah show. Hopefully soon, yeah. Who's the. Is it, do you own this place? Is this your no. name? No, Tim your place? But I get to okay. help book some of the local nights. Okay. I know you're not local, but we could still figure something out. Make it yeah, worth your while. I don't know. I'd like to see your band. Sorry, First of many touring yeah, acts yeah, yeah. that we're going to get on this show. Yeah, we'd, we'd, be, we'd enjoy that. We always have fun when we come here, you know? It's Mexican food compared to your own Mexican food. What do you, uh, where do you hang out in Austin, Texas? Well, I don't hang out as much as I used to. What's your but, favorite barbecue spot? Ooh, in in Austin proper or in it the could, surrounding area? It could be in the hills. That place that, that's out in the hills the that, that's famous. Well, there's um, Blacks, there's Coopers, there's. What's the one in the in the? It's kind of in the hills by itself, not like a town. Oh, you're talking about the Salt Lake. Yeah, Salt Lake. And that's like the Driftwood. Disney version place you go. But I've been to Franklin. Yeah. I've been to a few. That place is fun. I really like their coleslaw. Franklin at uh, at uh, the other one, Salt Lake. Salt Lake, yeah. It has an Asian. Franklin's uh, definitely corner. better than Salt. So they're different styles, sure. right? Yeah. So Franklin is part of the Franklin and Blacks, and Kreutzes and you know Terry Blacks, who was the son that was the the bastard son of the Blacks family. <laughs> um, that's traditional smoked barbecue. Uh, Salt Lick and Coopers and places like that are open pit style. Sure, sure. So there's always the debate: is that real barbecue or? Uh -huh. I mean, it's barbecue. Barbecue is barbecue. It's a, it's there's still fire and smoke and, you know, charcoal versus wood. You sure. Know, there's there's big debates there. But I just like cooked smoked meats. Cooked, However you do it. Yeah. So fine by me. I'll try them all. For those that eat meat, for sure, it is the debate. And the debate should be settled as it is all barbecue. Thank you. Scorpion <clears throat> Child, uh, what's the website? Where do you want people to go to find out more about your band? I always ask. I actually went to your website and it didn't seem to work. Yeah. Is that yeah, a personal that, issue? I'm having I just or... let the website go okay. years ago. <laughs> I mean, we just kind of, you know, do social media and as much as we know how. I mean, we're kind of still, you know, I'm still learning how to keep up with these algorithms. Cause you know, we weren't bred into this algorithm no. culture, like, like no. modern day. I'm sure you've discussed this with other people that have been on the show, but you know, we're kind of lost on it a little bit, you know, and, and we're assimilating 
a bit more than we were at first. Focus you know, on the rock. You're for fine. For this generation, it's just not. <laughs> just go hire a 25-year-old to do your social media. It, it's a young person's it. game now. It certainly right? is. Well, I think we've completed another podcast, another stellar one with our guests all the way from Austin, Texas. Excited to to delve deep into this movie. Thanks thanks for hanging out with us. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you for bringing Thank us this great movie. Up. Yeah. I'm always going to the camera, but no cameras. So until next time, thanks for listening to Soundcheck Flicks. On the next Soundcheck Flicks, we'll be covering 1989's Batman, starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. 